We're here. We're here with one of the nicest That's MCs it. in the game, Hackensack, New Jersey. Crime Apple's in the building. You don't fuck yep, with Crime yep. 3, available on all platforms. Have people mass quicks like Fauci. Yes, sir. Welcome to Sports Hip Hop with DJ Mad Max, Light 265, iHeartRadio. Crime Apple, how's it going? How's your night going? How are you enjoying the release of the new album? I'm moving, man. I'm actually um, in no uh, position to do an interview. I just landed from Columbia today. I fly to California tomorrow, and I haven't been able to get that slice of pizza I need when I'm home. So, but I'm now, here, What I'm slice here. of pizza is this? Is this the Crime Apple pizza? Because I did hear that you were working on a pizza. No, nah, yeah, that came out. Crime Apple pizza came out. It was like an event that lasted a few days to go along with a, uh, a project that came out with it, if, only if you get the pizza. Oh, man, I missed out on that. Are you planning on doing another run back with the pizzas later on? Uh, maybe. I mean, I think I'd rather do something else. You know what I'm saying? Something different. Um, I always like to switch it up. So we'll see what happens. The beer. I know you got that on the way. You have yep, all the these beer, innovations. Exactly. So I would want to do something different, you know, like a wine or, a, you know what I'm saying? Other champagne. You've been on the, you're on the champagne tip now. Heavy on the champagne and wine for sure. Yeah, but this album blew me away as soon as I turned into it. It's crazy because I'm a big bars guy when it comes to hip hop. So I respect what you're doing out here and, and putting on for the thank underground. You, thank, and thank I understand the grind that you you go through because it, it's all politics nowadays. And I've even heard, done my research to the point where your brother's in the industry and he's called it basically a hedge fund with these record labels. Yeah, 100 percent. Exactly. So, I'm, you know, I mean, it's like crazy because um, I've never really, really, you know, I don't get any favors. You know what I'm saying? It's all out the mud. So it, it's work. It's hard work. It's, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a real occupation. You know what I'm saying? If, but if, if you 10 toes down, you know, you make it work. And it's, it's been working for you. Now, when we look at it, what would you say is the most important thing for an artist such as yourself that you need when you don't have the major label deal? Because you got to go through this route now as being independent and build up the audience. So what do you do as far as a team? Because you got to have a management somehow, or some people are their own managers, but what do you have to have that's so vital in order to build success as an independent artist? I mean, I would say, the you know, for me, everyone's different. So, but for me, I think I would say that it has to be like, um, you got to have the audience. Without the audience, then there's no point. You know what I'm saying? I see rappers or whatever artists all the time that it's like, I don't really, they'll have like management and they'll have whatever else, just that, right? Just management. You have a manager, but you, there's no like, you know, exceptional demand for what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? So I think it starts with the audience. You have to connect with the people first. That's first and foremost. Um, and then from there, you know, independent is just, you know, you gotta, um, it's definitely about organizing, being organized and, you know, having, um, focus and you know a strategy to how you're going to do things you know what i'm saying because as an artist you know we tend to focus on the art and that kind of should be our focus really but um someone like me i like to do as much as as much as my job as i can myself you know what i mean um because i'm more than capable right i mean this is like making music and selling music and doing everything that's that's my occupation so it's not like i you know work at best buy from nine to five you know so it does um it does take up some time doing music but i also do have a lot of free time so um you know why wouldn't i book my own shows or manage myself and make sure people get any merchandise they're getting 
but you just got to be in order to do it like that. You got to be um, organized for sure. And you got to have a to do list or whatever you can do to just keep shit on track. Mm-hmm. What would you say was the regular job? Because I heard you've worked everything, moving furniture, the substitute teacher job. You've been everywhere. You had an accountant job. The accountant job was really important because that's when you checked your bank account and realized that you were making money off rap and you you didn't quit the job. You just didn't go back. Yeah, I didn't even not. I was like a, that was like the, you know, um, that was I like I hated that job. You know what I'm saying? They had me in the khaki, you know what I'm saying? In the in khakis and the tie and shit. Um, <laughs> that wasn't me. But um, at the time that I had taken the job, you know, I was I needed it. You know what I'm saying? Like things was just going left. Um, you know, just other opportunity, other things that I was doing just, you know, just wasn't really working out. And people was getting jammed up. So I needed to. um I needed to get me like a real nine to five. And so I just, you know, when, when you, when you have to, you got to do what you got to do. Um, but yeah, now, nah, as soon as I seen, I have more money in the bank from rapping. I was like, ah, oh, peace. I never, I, yeah, I never even, I never even came back. I was like, I'm not feeling good. I left. I love the substitute teacher story though, how you're handing out twenties to the kids. Cause you gave everyone the same exam. <laughs> facts yeah i was I, I never went back i got high on my lunch break and made like a stupid mistake and i you know I'm, I, i've i grew up a son of an educator my mom's a teacher that's right and um and i even myself you know i, I definitely got a lot from from you know getting educated i respect it as a trade so yeah i could never do that again because i was like man you can't like the kids is the most important thing you know what i mean so yeah, I never went back to that either. I, I think you have some influence there with your mother being such an educator. And you always were a writer, a creative, of course, and learning my history about you. So in what form did kind of hip-hop start for you in a way early on? Was it through poetry? Were you writing stories? What was it as far as the writing and what form it began for you? Um, I think all those things definitely, you know, played a part. I think the start of it really, though, I mean, I remember being young and just... um you know, just listening to things that I liked or that my older brothers was listening to. And it started as simple as me just, like, taking, like, my favorite, like, songs or a piece of my favorite songs and kind of just changing the lyrics a little bit and then just, like, spitting at school and seeing how the girls would react. And that's kind of what made me actually want to, like, write. And, you know, I was young. I was... I don't even know, like seven, eight years old doing that and just seeing how people react and shit and, you know, what my brothers was into. And then everything else kind of just, you know, um, unfolded naturally. Mm-hmm. It, it, you grew up in a musical household. I heard that your your brothers were all into hip hop and your sister put you on the Doors and the Rolling Stones. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, great musical taste in the household. No musical talent in the household. <laughs> But great taste, though, for sure. My family has great taste in music, and it's always been super, super diverse. So I'm grateful for that. Looking back on it, as your family introduced you to music, how they feel about you being so successful at what you do now? Um, good. I mean, I think like you know the with with my my siblings, you know, like they think it's the coolest thing ever. You know what I'm saying? And that that. You know, they could tell their kids, you know what I'm saying, my nieces and nephews, what I do. You know, like, they all think it's the coolest thing ever. Um, I know my parents, um, you know, just don't get it the same way because they never listen to hip-hop. Um, but, you know, the, the the biggest thing is knowing 
you know, I was like treacherous, treacherous in my adolescence. So the biggest thing that I can take from it is that I know my parents are happy and, you know, kind of like relieved. They don't have to worry. Like, you know, they don't really worry about me no more. So that's number one. Mm-hmm. Especially now that you've been able to, it's been being independent, being successful. There's nothing like it. And that's, that's important that you've been able to do that. And congratulations on that. But, but when, when we look back on it, you went to Rutgers. So were you going for any sort of major career here as far as writing there? Um, you know what? I mean, I I went to uh, I went to I went to Monmouth University. I went to Bergen Community College, and I went to Rutgers. I was all over the place. I changed my major in college. I want to say about like six times. It's crazy. Like, yeah. right? I was going to do um, like what my, my initially it was communications, and um, I wanted to like work at a record label and be an A and R. I wanted to like find talent and develop it. Um, and I started just paying attention and seeing that that's not how it was even working anymore. You know what I'm saying? There's, even in now, it's really not like that. There's no artist development no more. Um, so then I switched over a couple of times. I just, at that point, it's like I couldn't really figure out what I wanted to do. And I was just frivolously, frivolously changing my major. Um, but, I, you know, everything, I, you know, in the end, I was like a history major. But... Um, I just never finished, you know what I'm saying? Like I really switched my mind that I was going to make music for better or worse. And I took the leap of faith and, you know, I didn't, I never, I did the same thing I did with the accounting job. I was like, ah, I'm not going back. (laughs) Who knows? One day, one day. Yeah. No, you you never know. You may want to go back. You you change over time. I did want to do the follow-up to all with all the jobs that you had. Was there one that you had early on before rap that you would say came close to you, helping you out and learning the music industry? What was the closest job that you had to it as far as the business side of things? Uh, As far as the business side of things, shit. What job did I have? prep me for the music business uh i mean i can't you know honestly i can't really put my finger on it i don't think there's anything that could prepare me for for what came with you know working as an independent artist to be honest everything was like a little maybe pieces of each one but there's no one job that could even prepare me for this you know what i mean mm-hmm. It all came together, though, as we have Crime Apple. You got the name, slang term, mixing stuff up in the juicer, watching this documentary, the guy that juiced. Yep, yep. Fat, sick, and nearly dead. Crazy movie. Yeah. I've been juicing for like two years. Wow. And that's how we got Crime Apple right there. It's been so marketable for you all the way up to the point now. You made a career for yourself. But Static Selecta, that's when you made history on the airways on his radio show. But even before the radio show came up, you were able to go to one of his release, go to a release party back in the day, and he actually got to see your video. Yeah, that's a fact. Um, someone who we knew that we weren't, you know, so I really didn't know the person that well, but I guess they had like heard my music and wanted to try to make a connection. I'm sure to also probably try to like benefit off of it some way. But uh, we did go to a release party, and um, Static was gracious enough to. Uh, watch a video on an iphone which wasn't i would never do that but um this person was like yo check this out and he actually sat in the middle of a release party on the couch and like watched the video which was dope we just never really followed up you know it was so long ago we didn't really know how to maneuver and deal with those kind of situations which video was this did you know which one he saw 
Um, he it wasn't a crime apple video. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's pre. It wasn't even crime apple, so it's you know, Did doesn't you, even exist. You DM them. You get up on the radio show. Ten minutes. Yeah, exactly. I think I you rapped over the realist. Was it cool? G rapped in Mob Deep the realist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. And murdered that. It changed your yeah, life nah, from I there. Start the static for the opportunity for sure. Always. As soon as you stepped off that elevator, that's when you knew that okay, that this is it. My life has changed. What was the next big move for you from there? From that point. Um, you know what? It was funny. I thought you know, I, that you know I knew that that's what had happened. Um, but it took a little longer than I thought. Um, I had to actually do the work. You know what I'm saying? It, it kind of was like kind of went back to square one because the, the moment I had gotten off the elevator, I had, you know, a couple text messages from static, like, yo, you got to pull up. If anyone hits you up, you know, hit me first. I want to, you know, he wanted to, to, to be in the driver's seat of whatever was about to happen or so it would seem. And then, you know, eventually these people get busy and stuff like that. And, um, you know, the way we consume stuff, like eventually the freestyle is old now and it's been up for however many weeks. So the ball was kind of back in my court, um, but I was able to, you know, I guess capture, you know, whatever, um, you know, attention I had gotten off the freestyle in time before it faded and dropped my first EP uh, with my homie Buck Dudley. And then from there, that's kind of just what got me right because I just got into the habit of, you know, releasing projects and releasing merch and, so, I, you know, it really just, the ball was back in my court. It was up to me, you know? So I don't know if there was any, like, huge moments, you know what I mean? Because there's definitely huge moments, but, like, you know, after, like, the first huge moment, um, you know, the momentum was kind of, like, came to a screeching halt, and the responsibility fell solely on me to to keep it going. And you did. You eventually were able to find your way. But that freestyle, it, it really, when you look back on it in the history of it, it's going to rank up there with the Big L, stretching Bobito freestyles, the old Clue freestyle, Funk Flex freestyles from back in the day. That That's how great it was because it was 10 minutes straight, nothing, no breaks, just you off the top. And I, I haven't seen that. I, I've never yeah, I mean, seen You know, to... to um to explain, I mean, it's really like 10, 10 minutes, right? It was 10 minutes, but that's because it was, I was probably waiting to do that for 10 years. You know what I mean? So that, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I was, I was waiting for a moment like that for, for a hot minute, you know? Mm -hmm. You had to go get love outside of New Jersey, but I know you, even though you're from New Jersey, Hackensack, we know already, you don't like to claim them because they don't claim you. You had to go outside to get the love. Do you feel as though that the landscape in Jersey has changed for artists since then? Um, you know, look, here's, here's the thing about it. It's like, uh, um, I remember being like kind of misinterpreted one of the last times I spoke about Jersey in an interview. Um, to be clear, it's not about not liking to claim them or something like that. You know what I mean? It's just that I choose not to because... I couldn't even tell you what the scene is like in Jersey for an artist. Cause for me, it was like relatively no scene coming up, you know, whatever things that I did encounter, like they were, it just wasn't it to me. It was kind of corny. Um, that being said, you know, I'm very like happy to, to, to be from Jersey. Um, and I could live anywhere in the world. You know, I still live in Jersey. 
you know, I could literally go anywhere. So um, I just, you know, for anyone from Jersey that's listening, you know, I, lo- I love Jersey for sure. I love Jersey. Um, but yeah, in terms of, you know, not claiming it, it's just a choice because I just don't feel like, A, it's like, a, 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 it could be like a label and it's like, oh, it's Jersey rapper. It's like, nah, I'm a citizen of the globe. You know what I'm saying? I tour the world, literally. And I, my fans are all over the place. Um, you know, I'm sure that there's like a chart for like the states that bump my music. Jersey's not even in the top 10. And maybe Nebraska. I did hear that you had to go out and get some love in Nebraska. I mean, I, just, I had to go out really one of the, you know, I get a lot of love in the West because I remember that's when it really hit me. I, I went out West and the love that I was getting out there was crazy. Even just from like the first couple shows, seeing the difference in the crowd on the East Coast to the West Coast. Um, but I think that's also been a pivotal part of my journey is, you know, not being afraid to move around. Because I remember early on, I was making moves and traveling without any like, you know, real secure reason to go places. You know, it was kind of just rolling the dice. Like, yo, I'm gonna go see if I can get it cracking. So, um, yeah, I think that's that's more of what it is. It's not about not liking to claim, you know, um, Jersey. It's not even about that. You know, I just feel like I'm a worldly artist, so I don't even want to be labeled you know, from like a state, it's just don't even make sense. Yeah, no, I, I get it, especially me being from Connecticut, because I had to, I went out to school in New York, I had to make myself known out there and then help put Connecticut back on here. But I, I totally understand it from, from your perspective side of things. But when we look at Jersey, they have a rich hip hop history. When we look at Queen Latifah, uh-huh. Naughty by 100%. Nature, Red Man, they have, and, and you're right in that lane with them. I appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's like, it's like anything. It's like, I just don't want to be like, I don't, I don't want to be like, oh, he's one of the best Latino rappers. You know what I'm saying? Like the same way a dope artist could be coming from California and you might, they might not get put in the conversation. You know what I'm saying? Unless it's like Tupac or Snoop or something like, oh, that's one of the illest rappers from Cali. I didn't want that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, it's, I don't want none of those labels. I'm not trying to be the best Colombian rapper or the best rapper from Jersey. I'm just trying to do me. Mm-hmm. And that's how you should move it. And I've actually had this conversation because, because of course, you know, you represent the Latinos. When we look at it, I've had conversations with Bodega Bams, upcoming artist, Jomi, of course. And he, I brought up Big Pun and Fat Joe and what they did for the Latinos in rap. And, and they and they explained to me how they feel as though that they made great strides. They didn't break down the barrier for Latinos and hip hop. How do you feel about that? And do you, and what's it going to take for that barrier to, barrier to be broken? Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know um, that the barrier. Yeah, I don't. I, it's hard. It's hard to say because I, I definitely hold them in a special place growing up because those are people like that definitely showed a lot of Latino artists that it could be done, hip hop artists. Um, so I, I, I couldn't discount their contributions to say that it didn't at least chip away at the barrier. Yes. So somewhat um i think they did a lot i think they did a lot um even at the time i even you know i remember this it was like when they were popping different camps and rappers were trying to have like the spanish jingle sounding beat you know what i'm saying so i mean what they did can't be understated whatsoever and in terms of barriers i mean i try not to think i you know they may or may not exist i just don't they don't exist in my mind you know what i mean 
I don't even think about it because when you think about something like that, you lend, you know, credence to it. Um, so I just try to operate and again, you know, just like, it's just crime apple. It's not about anything else. You're breaking you, you in your own way. You're breaking it down the doors for crime apple. That's how you're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, you know, exactly. I just, my, my goal is to wake up every day and just try to be a better me. And, um, I think it's important as, you know, as a human to figure out how you could be of service to humanity. And I'm fortunate enough to have figured out what it is that I'm supposed to do to, you know, serve people. So um, as long as I'm doing that every day, I'm not necessarily going to, you know, get hung up on any types of, you know, just bullshit in the music business or, you know, barriers based on, you know, uh, ethnicity and, and race is that's like not even in the back of my head. Mm-hmm. I, I know you're you're close with the Griselda guys. You're cool with them. Everyone's saying Griselda brought real hip hop back. We know it, but we got people such as yourself. Even though you're cool with them, Benny's got the Def Jam deal. We saw what happened with Shady Records and Rock Nation and all that. I, I know it's never been your goal to get a deal, but if the right deal came along, would you consider signing it? Are you because you you're doing so well on your own? I don't think you need to. But if the right deal came along, if it made sense, would you take the major deal? Oh uh, yeah, I mean a thousand percent. It's all about. Um... It's all about me knowing what I have. So if, you know, if, you know, some type of company was offering me something that I didn't have, you know, with a set of terms that I felt were fair, um, I would 100% do it. It would just have to be the right fit, you know. It just, it would have to be very unique. I think that deal will come along. It's going to, because you see that the barriers are being broken as far as the lyrical hip hop side of things. And I'm hoping that your brother's seeing some tides turning here because I, I think lyrical rap is back. It's just got to keep cracking into that mainstream. And I did want to bring this up because you, you, you always say that you're the, the number one guy in the underground for the ladies. Now, what, how, what makes it attractive when you're an underground artist to, to bring ladies, to get that lady audience to the underground hip hop because when we look at it, the ladies like all the trap and whatever's mainstream. So how, how can we get them involved in, in listening to the, the real hip hop, the lyrical hip hop? Um, put me on the song. Put me at the <laughs> Honestly, um, I just, you know, and there, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a couple dudes and shit. There's definitely a couple, a couple artists that, you know, I've been to their shows and pretty good ratio. Um, but for the most part, you know, again, it's like such a sausage fest, sadly. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's another thing too, though, is like a lot of dudes in the underground, you know, either don't talk to the ladies at all or they're, you know, they're just not saying anything to make them want to listen to the music or come to the shows, you know? Yeah. No, so. Sometimes when I hear it, because they just don't like it when you when you're a DJ and you play for them or you just see the, the audience isn't there. But you, you're, you're changing. You're, you're breaking down that mold, too. No, nah, I think so. I think so. And I just always try to make it a point to. Um, I think it's because I just touch on every aspect of life. You know, I'm not just giving you. One person, you know, I'm talking about one type of thing. Um what I, I just try to talk about every part of life and ladies are a big part of life, you know, whether it's ladies or one lady, whatever it is, wherever I'm at, I try to touch on what's going on in real time. Um, everything, you know what I'm saying? is this, you know, as people know, you know, my shit is humorous, introspective. I tell you things about my, my, my past. I tell you things about my present, you know, I foreshadow into the future, but yeah, I think it's just more cause I actually, you know, talk to them. I might not do it on every song, 
Um, but I do talk to the ladies. Yeah. And, and that's how it used to be back in the day. When you look at Big L and some of the records, he's still not a player from Pun. I mean, if you look at it. <laughs> yeah, not for sure, though. For sure. No, I think it was it was more of a thing back in the day. Yeah. And, and you're bringing it back. How are you as far as the, the critique when we look at the, the personal critique of it? Because you're real analytical when it comes to your music to the point where you stayed in Jersey for a month and decided not to travel because you were so heavy reliance on. I want to make sure that this sounds right and that I like it. So how were you when it came to, you know, fuck with Crime Apple 3? Uh, I mean, I've, I've, you know, there's been times where I haven't been critical. You know, there's kind of times where you, everything's every shot's hitting. Um, and when that's kind of happening, it's, you know, I, unfortunately, I've probably been a little less critical of myself than I should have been. Because then eventually one of those shots bounces off the backboard. You know, thankfully, I haven't shot any air balls yet. But um, you, I don't know. I just I kind of just know. You know, I kind of just know um, when it's time to, like, fine-tune something and get it right. Um, but, yeah, I am. I'm definitely I'm definitely my biggest critic. It, it doesn't matter who's telling me something's hot. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, I don't really care. Like, if I want to – if I got to get it right, I got to get it right. It could be the biggest producer telling me they love it and not to do that. I'm like, nah, chill. Or at least, you know, they're going to have to tell me, like, a 100 times and get a whole council to to agree with them. And then maybe I'll listen, but I am very critical for sure. Mm-hmm. Out of all your other projects, what made you want to choose to go with part three for this one that you just released? Um, just because it just, the, the, the album itself kind of just felt like that. You know, I, I wasn't sure that that's what it was when I started the album, but then once the songs were coming together, um, it felt like that's what that was. You know, it just reminded me, um, of part one and two, but also just felt like it was a level up from both of them. Um, and yeah, people just, you know, my, my audience seemed to really embrace one and two. Um, so I just felt like the right time to close out the trilogy. And, and you did an EP that I appreciate that you did in the past is sweet dreams because I'm a horror movie fan. And are, are you a horror movie guy too? Cause you paid homage yeah, to Freddie on that. Young, for sure. Um, I don't really see that many that I, that I enjoy. They just seem a little corny to me now as an adult, but as a child, I used to love that. That was like every weekend I was watching something. Freddy Krueger. They even had the Robert England reference on there. Track number five. Yep. Yep. I don't think anyone could play Freddy. I think they, they made the new one, the remake, but I don't think it worked. Yeah, no, nah, that's exactly, exactly. I don't know. That's it. That's, that's, that's Robert England. Yeah, exactly. If you were to give a top five list of horror movies, what's in your top five? Top five, um, it's hard, man. List or so, you know, because then you'll do the list and then a day later you'll think about something you should have put on the list. Um, I put Halloween. Mm. Um, Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street. Poltergeist. Hereditary. Ooh, it's a new one. Midsummer. You like those cult movies, Ari Aster cult movies. I fuck with those. Yeah. I definitely fuck with those. Those are like two of my favorites from, you know, from present day for sure. I think what makes them so good and attractive is that they're unique. They're not the whole cliche. They're not a remake. I can't stand remakes. I don't know why we got to yeah, remake exactly. everything. Yeah, they always fuck it up. <laughs> yeah, you're never going to get better than the original, please. Exactly. 
Yeah, no, but I appreciate that that you're a horror fan and and you're just oh you're being true to yourself in your music. That's that's you. No, nah, it's important. Yeah, for sure, it's it's important because what better source material? You know what I mean? That's the best source material there is. Exactly. Have you thought about expanding on Sweet Dreams and going into more horrorcore, like with Esham and the Grave Diggers? Um, nah, not necessarily. I mean, you know, and I, I mean, I personally wouldn't even like, you know, um, consider Sweet Dreams anything in the vicinity of horrorcore. I, even as a huge fan of the Grave Diggers, I think it was more like the presentation of the project. Mm. And when it came out, you know what I mean? That came out like on Halloween when it came out. Uh, the actual content, though, you know, I, I don't know if I would put it in the same group as those guys. But that being said, you know, yeah, there's, you know, who knows? I mean, I do like to um, I do like to add on to things that I've done in the past when the time is right. So I could do, a, you know, a, a sweeter dreams one day. It's got to happen. And even maybe even connect with Cool Keith for like a Dr. Octagon type of vibe. Shit, nah, shout out to Cool Keith. That would be that would be very dope. That would be pioneers in the genre right there. And speaking of horrorcore, even more with your connection with DJ Muggs, because he's with Soul Assassins. That has that horrorcore vibe with Puppet Master, with Dr. Dre back in the day. For sure, for sure. Shout out to Muggs. Yeah, Muggs, um, we got uh we got some we got some joints. You know, we got three albums out. You yeah, know, I wouldn't I would have never thought. And you guys linked up in LA. You were out at Alchemist spot recording and yeah, I was about to not even go. I thought it was just a regular radio interview, and it was just tough because I had a flight. So, you know, in order to do the interview on the radio, it would have meant, you know, getting a new plane ticket, um, you know, just everything, just changing your whole itinerary. And, you know, like, all due respect, but if this was, like, a situation where I had to be in the studio with you and I had to, like, change my flights and everything in order to do it, I might not have done it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, which I was about to do in LA. I was about to just hit him and be like, yo, I'll catch you next time. Um, but I didn't. And, you know, as soon as we linked, that was kind of it. You know, we just got into it right away. The eight tracks right there. Yep. Can you tell you any crazy Cypress Hill stories from back in the day? Uh, a couple. It's a couple. I, don't, I can't think of anything that stands out. Um, and probably not, the you know, and if there is, probably not the kind of thing I could share, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, pri- pri- I was very fortunate enough to be privy to to certain things that I've heard, but you know, I, n- I never um, put anyone else's stuff out there. Mm-hmm. As far as the next step here, what's what's next? Because you got the album out, you know, fuck with Cry Apple Three. This is the end of the trilogy. What's next for you on, on the way here? Because I know you're always working. I'm always working, and that's yeah. I don't, and you know, I, I'm always working. I'm finishing up the tour right now. I'm finishing up the tour this week. Um, I really have like a week off and then I get out to Texas, do a couple shows out there. Um, what else? Um, we're doing Japan for the first time this summer. Um, obviously more music, you know, more music, more fly gear, you know, um, and everything else, who knows, you know, I can only see around the curb in the dark road. I don't know what lies too further ahead. You got to go back out to Paris. This is where you were at a restaurant and people came up with your vinyls. Yeah, for sure. I've been to Paris a couple of times. It's always surreal to to be anywhere that's, you know, far away from home and people actually enjoy what you do and want to talk and get stuff signed. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. How you feeling about your Marlins this year on the sports tip? Because you're a Marlins fan, grew up in a Met household. Dad's a Yankee fan, but you're a Marlins fan. 
I'm more, no, I mean, I'm more of a, I tell you the truth, I'm a Mets fan. Oh, you're a Mets fan. Yeah, because I've heard in interviews that you grew up in a Mets household and you had all yeah, this Marlins stuff behind you. Yeah, I went to you. a couple games last season. I'm going to try to get out to some this season, you know, schedule permitting. Um, but, yeah, Marlon, I just, you know, what? I like, um, I kind of just like, more than anything, I always enjoyed, like, just sports in general as a kid. You know what I'm saying? I was never too fanatical about any one sport. Maybe basketball, you know, over everything else. But, um I kind of just love, like, you know, just a sporting apparel. You know, sports apparel has always just been Jerseys. super fly to me. So that's why I, you know, I could rock a Marlins jersey or a Mets jersey. Um, yeah, I'm not too fanatical about it like that. It's more to me. It's about the apparel, and also just I love like going to to to, to see games way more than I like watching them. You know what I'm saying? I'm not one of those people who will like follow a whole season watching games on TV. It's not just not it. I don't have the time for that. But um, I just love yeah, sport, sporting apparel and just being being at the games. I think that's the fly shit. I agree. And your Nets too. You're a Nets fan. You stuck with them even though they left Jersey. They're kind of on the the downfall with the whole Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant leaving. But you never yeah, know. Yeah, I tried. Um, I mean, yeah. Uh, it's not a good. It's not a. It's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. They got to figure it out, man. Yeah, I think they will. You got you got a couple pieces, maybe a good draft. I think a, a lot of them. Well, with the draft, I think you're you're down for a lot of your picks from bringing in Harden. Yeah, yeah, nice. Nah, it's, um, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard to you know. Shout out to the Knicks, though. The Knicks, the Knicks were doing their thing this year. Yeah, um, until they crashed. I'm a Knicks fan. They crashed down against the Heat. So, it's tough. yeah, we knew that was going to happen, though. We knew that's what would happen. Sadly, you know, we hoped it would have happened, but I kind of just felt like the writing was on the wall. Um, it's hard. It's hard being a basketball fan on the East Coast. You know, I feel like it's why a lot of people just, you know, rock with other teams and shit. Mm-hmm. I-, I did hear in an interview you did about two years ago that you you would, wouldn't know if you'd be rapping in another five years. So, is the do you still have that same mentality to this day? And what are some other options you do keep in your mind that you may, would pursue if you weren't rapping? Because you're you're going to be a create creative. You're always been a writer. So what are some other right. options? Um, I mean, you know, it's hard to say. Um, I don't. I, I just say that because I just don't know what it even looks like in five years, right? Um, so who's to say? You know, I could say that I'm retiring in five years and be around for another ten, fifteen. You know, if I'm if I'm so fortunate. Um, but yeah, that being said, I guess the main thing for me is that I want to always be like where I'm celebrated, you know? So if there ever comes a time where there's like a shift, or, you know, I just, uh, if, as long if the people want something, I'll do my best to give it to them. Now, if there comes a point in time where it's like, I'm tired of doing it, then I have to, you know, listen to, to what I feel and, you know, do that. I don't think I'm tired of doing it yet. But I could see me getting tired of it. And it's not just making the music, because I could probably make music forever, but just all the other parts of it, you know, that come with it the, with the job and, you know, um, you know, getting out there. And so, all this, you know, it's independent, so it's less political, but there's still politics. So on the day that I get tired of dealing with all the extra shit, then, you know, I could very well do something else. What that is. I have no idea, you know. I really don't know. I guess I'll figure it out when the time comes. Maybe you can write a, a nice horror movie because you got the skills. You're a writer. Can you write something creative here? Give us a creative horror movie. 
Could be, yeah. Why not? Could be possible. You know what I'm saying? I could do that. Um, who knows? I really, I really couldn't. I really couldn't call it. I think the idea is whatever it is to be. It has to be something that I'm happy to do. You know, it has to be something fulfilling, um, and it doesn't necessarily have to pay at that point. You know, maybe I'll retire and just learn how to play a banjo. Something different. You know what I'm saying? Make yep. make wine on the countryside and just chill. And it's it's it, whatever health is wealth. That's right. Always. Health is wealth. You, you don't fuck with crime three, available on all platforms. Pennies. That, that penny record's tough. Saber two. Yeah, shout to Loman. Shout to Loman. Yeah, crazy, man. Congratulations on the album release, everything you've achieved from the features that you have, production, all that. You're you're right on the tip top, man. Open it for Rock Marcy and Cypress Hill. Much more in store on the way for you, man. Crime Apples, or any last words here that you have for your fans that we didn't mention? Anything else you want to let the audience know? Uh, that's it, really. The only thing I could say to anyone who's listening that supports is um, a huge thank you. You know, so I'm eternally grateful for anyone who um, chooses to take the time and listen to music or come to a show. You know, time is the most valuable currency we have as humans. So I'm just so enamored and blessed that people have, so many people have chosen to spend so much of that currency with me. So just thank you, you know? Crime Apple, I want to thank you for coming on the show, man. I appreciate your time, everything you're doing. Thank you for having me. For the real hip hop, because that's what matters most to me, the underground guys, because you you guys are keeping it alive. Since the early 2000s, it's, it's falling off. You know, the artists aren't getting the attention that they should be. We see what's going on, but it's coming back up and it's going to take over the mainstream soon. And I look forward to you being one of the people that lead that charge and you're doing it already. And man, you're always welcome on the show. Anytime. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, man. God you bless. Already, you already know, man. God bless. Enjoy the rest of your night and take care. Stay safe and, and safe travels too on your trips. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. You already know, man. Take care. All right, then. Yeah. Peace out.